1: This is Red Sox Beat on CLNS Radio. I
0: think it would be a big statement if John Farrell started Travis Shaw on opening day, and I'd be totally cool with it. because it would. It, it, if that doesn't give Sandoval motivation to, to play better defense and play better, period, nothing will.
1: I think they're going to make Jeter that first unanimous vote, and I hate that about baseball writers. If you belong in the Hall of Fame, you get voted in the Hall of Fame. Achievement or a new milestone. they do not just be like, hey, we, we signed this player, so we a ceremony. Like, no. no, like Now... To your hosts.
0: All right, Red Sox
1: fans, welcome in. You know what it is? It's CLNS Radio's Red Sox beat. Of course, we are brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Because everyone deserves a great night's sleep, you can get fifty dollars off any mattress purchase by visiting Casper.com backslash Celtics and of course entering that promo code Celtics. Get great, comfy. Casper Mattress, um, great show on tap for you, a lot of talk about this week, uh, no Lauren this week, so it's just old school style, me and Jess, uh, Jess, it's nice to be back, just the two of us this week.
0: Yeah, it's been a while, but we have a lot. We have a, a, quite a vast experience of, of uh, just the two of us shows, so I think yeah, we'll be just fine. It.
1: But kicking it it old school this week. Um, Of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Red Sox underscore Beat. Facebook is Red Sox Beat Podcast. I love, of course, you guys could uh, rate and review and subscribe us on iTunes. Of course, if you may be listening on Stitcher as well. Um, Now on SoundCloud as well, which is awesome. Um, That's another avenue we have now here at CLMS Radio as a whole. So it's awesome that we're on SoundCloud. So if you're listening to SoundCloud, good job.
0: Um, If you're not,
1: do it. If you're not do it anyway. A um, lot to talk about this though week. Jess, it was a good week of baseball. I predicted it right. Let's go Um for once because it never happens. It's usually you who picks these things right. So I'll I'll take it for once. Um, good week though. I think um, right where I thought. Obviously, wrote what I thought, but I think it was close to what you thought too. Obviously, you thought they were going to go three and three. You just kind of flip flop the series. Yeah, and how yeah it
0: happened. get the right series. Yeah,
1: but. It made sense, it, the ups and downs all week, so why don't we kind of go through these games just one by one, like we always do with your recap, and kind of catch the people up if they didn't get every game, because it's, it's early, it's not baseball season really for a lot of people yet.
0: Especially not with the colder weather. <laughs> no yeah, right.
1: and the Celtics are playing in the playoffs. So. That's right,
0: so you could easily miss a Red Sox game in the midst of an exciting playoff game. Exactly. I'll tell you one thing, though, in terms of Lauren not being here, I do not envy people with migraines, I've never had one, and I never want one. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, Lauren, that you have that migraine, I do not envy you. All right. Yeah. No. Get better. Get better. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, the, I mean, the first game of this week was probably the most action-packed. Well, no, it was the most. Mm-hmm. It was the most action-packed. Yeah. Uh, it was quite a game. A really, really weird game, which we're gonna get to now. So it was a nine-seven Orioles win. Long game, sixteen runs. Clearly, uh, the Red Sox got up three nothing in the first. It was a great start. Mm-hmm. Uh, Xander Bogart, This is obviously the uh, the home opener.
1: It was a struggle watching this game, by the way. Yeah. It was awful. I was there, and it was just terrible. Oh,
0: yeah, you were there. I
1: was there for this That's game. That's
0: right. It was so mm-hmm. long ago, I almost forgot.
1: I know, I did, too, honestly, until you brought it up. I'm like, oh, right, I was there.
0: <laughs> well, in the first inning, Sox could put a three-spot on the board. Xander uh, Bogart's got an RBI single starting off his good week. David Ortiz did the same thing. And then Hanley Ramirez hit a sack fly. So it's 3-0 before you know it off Giovanni Gallardo, who pitched a pretty poor game. Uh, yeah. He gave up five runs, seven hits in just five innings, so... Um, quick start. Looked good. Everything was great. David Price in the mound. How, what could go wrong? Well...
1: A lot. Apparently. <laughs>
0: the third inning could go wrong. Um, Price gave up a two-run single for Chris Davis, and then Mark Trumbo blasted a home run out to uh, right center field uh, into the bullpen next to the triangle. Um, and that made it 5-3. to three. All of a sudden, two and a half innings in, Price had given up five runs. I don't want to speak for you, Jared, but I, I think the uh, – I know everyone out watching at home, this certainly happened. It kind of just deflated you. You're like, whoa, David Price to go five runs. The pace probably went silent.
1: Yeah, it was crazy, and it was just a lot. I mean, I heard a little bit of booze. It wasn't crazy though. But you know what got me too was because in the first inning, his first batter he faced, he he gave up a bomb off the monster, and we're like, oh, great way to start the game. And then he settled down and was an ace and got out of that game, got out of that inning pretty much on unscathed except for that first batter he faced. And we're like, okay, Price is going to settle down. We're good. Got three runs on the board. We're looking to a steady game now, and we're probably going to win. And then that inning happens, and I was just like, are you kidding me right now? Like, this is the guy who's supposed to win you a game, and he didn't. And it was really frustrating to watch. Um, and it, was, it scared me for the rest of the series, because if Price can't do it, then who can?
0: Yeah, it's it was really weird, because he's the guy you expect to not do that, and all of a sudden... Mm-hmm. And it's so quick, too. It's just like, boom, five, five rounds, just like that.
1: The air got sucked out of Fenway. Yeah. It really did. It was just gone. And then, all of a sudden, you get, realize in your head, it's like, okay, Price isn't having it today. Now someone's really got to step up.
0: Yeah, exactly. And they did. Um, Soft tied the game uh, less than yep. two innings later, bottom of the fourth. Jackie Bradley Jr. got an RBI double. Mookie Betts didn't the fielder's choice, and all of a sudden, after four, we're tied at five. So a game that you're not expecting to be high-powered offense with Garriotto, who's been a solid pitcher for his career, and Price, and all of a sudden you got a 5-5 game after four. Pretty weird.
1: Yeah, it was fun though. It was it was entertaining. It's what you wanted to pay for. I mean, we expected this offense just to be like this all year. Like this is what we think our offense is going to be. They're going to be able to score, hit the bat, uh, hit hit well at the plate. Um, and I, I think that so that didn't shock me as much is just the fact that it was to not pit not cushioning elite. It was trying to play from behind, which is never a good thing when you're the Red Sox, especially with the pitching that you don't really have. But you expected this game to be okay, three nothing, five nothing, maybe five two. If you winning this game, and that's what we all expected, while sitting there at Fenway.
0: Yeah. All of a sudden, you're sitting there on opening day at a 5-5 game. So we to move to the 6. John Scope got an RBI double, 6-5 Orioles. Then the bottom of the 6. Jackie Bradley Jr., Fielder's Choice, 6-6. And it stayed to that until the 9th inning. David Price has already given up five runs. It's already a 6-6 game. Craig Kimble comes in. Home opener. It's all good. Chris, Chris Davis is a 3 on home runner down 9-6. to Whoa.
1: Yeah, and that, I did I see somewhere that that was, like, his first ever career three-run homer, giving up Kimbrell? Yep,
0: Kimbrel? he's, given up, yeah, he's and, given up 18 home runs in his career, none of them have been three-run homers.
1: And that's insane. And then he does it on opening day, in like, in Fenway Park, first save, um, first game at Fenway Park, it does that. Your two stud acquisitions in your pitching staff do that. So it was hard to watch in person.
0: Yeah, it's kind of like, whoa, you got your two star guys who you paid a ton of money for and traded a bunch of guys for, and they give up a combined eight runs in six innings.
1: Yeah, no, it was it was, it was was like, okay, well, we paid all these guys money on an opening day. They can't do it? What, like, what is this? Like, come on. these just, Like, it all lined up perfectly. The price is going to be pitching on opening day. As much as I didn't agree with it, at least get the win on opening day. Kimbrel comes in, shuts the door, hopefully, and then you go from there, and it's, oh. Not even happened. Your, your two stud guys just gave up. How many runs in one day? Like, come on. Yeah,
0: pretty weird. So bottom of the ninth, they tried to come back. Mookie best hit a home run to lead off the inning, and it was nine to seven. And then the Sox got two on for David Ortiz. It was, it was all scripted Berkeley. Walk off oh, home run for David Ortiz, oh. ten to nine win, and he got into a double play.
1: <laughs> it, it was such a struggle for that because, like it couldn't, it, like you said, Jess, it couldn't have been scripted any better for him to go up there. He, Mookie hits a home run, starts the bottom of the ninth. off ninth, we're like, okay, got a shot, got a shot now because Mookie just took one off the board really quick. And then you have that situation where all, one swing of the back, David Ortiz is the hero. Final opening day, he was swinging for it too because he whiffed on one that he just came out of his cleats. Um, and then he drank. and of all people to be at the plate, he grounds to a double play.
0: Yeah, it was a pretty big, pretty big disappointment. I was I was so excited. I'm sitting there in my seat at work. I'm like, come on, come on, walk off home run, you can do it, right up the middle. It was a nice play by Scope. Unfortunately, it, it almost got through, but yeah, it didn't. And then Hanley Ramirez struck out and ended the game. So nine to seven. Opening day game, pretty weird game,
1: but it had everything.
0: If you wanted to go see runs, you sure got a great game.
1: <laughs> yeah, you can't say baseball is boring after being in that game, because yeah. there was a lot of action going on there. Um, I will say I did plot myself in a bar afterwards, because I was a little upset. Um, but it was still a fun game to watch, and I, I went on a works time, so I can't argue.
0: Yeah, that's good. A lot of people pay a lot of money to see that loss. so <laughs> Yeah,
1: at least I didn't waste my money on that loss. That's right.
0: But if you go to game two of the series... You're probably a little more disappointed in Game 1 because that was an even worse game. Um, but expected because Clay Buchholz pitched. All right, you know what? <laughs> Every time he loses, you know you're going to get I it. I don't want to hear it. Because he was horrible. Orioles won 9-5 and it improved the record 7-0 in the season at that point. Boston was 3-4. and Yeah, Clay Buchholz pitched. He gave up five runs and five hits in five innings, which is exactly what David Price did. Did you realize that? Yeah. They both gave the exact yeah. same amount of everything.
1: They did. It was kind of crazy. It was weird. It was spooky when I was watching it happen. But, I, again, then I trusted Price to bounce back, back more. I expected that from Clay Buckholz. So, like, I wasn't shocked when it happened. I was waiting for it to happen. Whereas Price, the wind, the air came out of Fenway Park. Yeah. For Buckholes, the booze rained down at Fenway Park.
0: Well, I don't necessarily think he looked that bad. It was just kind of like late. He didn't.
1: Yeah, but he gets rocked around you. He's going to get the booze. He did. Oh,
0: absolutely. We'll take you through it. David Ortiz hit a two-round homer in the first inning, and that was hilarious because Mark Trumbo had zero clue where the ball was. He had absolutely no, no, no clue. clue. It was so funny. Ortiz hits it, and Trumbo's just, like running sideways, and all of a sudden it's like 20, 20 feet over his head in the bullpen. Like, Whoa, he what? thought it was like
1: catchable, and then he was like, oh, it's over there? <laughs> and it was not Was it even windy that night? I don't even remember, but I don't think it was. I think I Trumbo think that was,
0: that was just in like, the wind,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think Trumbo just really, really misread that ball. Yeah,
0: which is hilarious because... <laughs> You listen on the radio, and there's like, hey, he hits it out there, and uh, Mark Trumbo's got to land it. It's a home run. Whoa. Yeah. What the heck? It fools you, because Trumbo, it looked like he was underneath it. Yep.
1: And it looked like he had a beat on it, and all of a sudden, it was like 10 feet the other direction. Routine five ball. So, like, <laughs> he just didn't read the the tail, like, the, the the hook on the ball as the lefty coming off Ortiz's bat. It tailed to the right. He didn't go to the right. So it looked like he was going to catch it, and then it
0: was gone. It's pretty weird. But we'll take it. Third home run already for Ortiz in the first seven games, which is obviously excellent. Um. Clay Buchholz held him down until the fourth. J.J. J. Hardy wrapped a home run to right field just past the pole. I think it's pretty lucky, personally, and he did the same exact thing in the seventh inning. So, I don't like that because it's like a 300-foot home run that barely, like, gets in the air. Okay, but That's we're funny.
1: not the only part that has that, though. No, oh, like I know. the Yankee Stadium.
0: I know. It was just unfortunate. because it, it sucks. Happens twice. I hate
1: it. But, like, it happens. It counts, so. Right.
0: So he tied at two in the fourth. Sox took a 4-2 lead in the fifth on a bet a RBI double and scored in a wild pitch. But unfortunately, after pitching pretty solidly for uh, five innings, Buckles came out for the sixth. Give up a two-run homer to Mark Trumbo. Second game in a row with a home run. JJ Hardy took the lead with a sack fly. And that w- would be the last time that, that Sox had a game tied. Oral's led the rest of the way. Another home run for Hardy in the seventh inning. Um, and then the final score was 9-5. to five. David Ortiz had three RBI in total. Buckholst didn't pitch fantastic, neither did Mike Wright, no, two more poor starting outings, just like the first game of the series. So, a lot of offense in the first two games, unfortunately two losses, and at that point in the, in the week, everyone's freaking out, and so they're like, well, three and four, this pitching's terrible. All these runs. The
1: bullpen struggled in that game too. It wasn't just Buckles; like the bullpen couldn't lock it down.
0: Yeah, Ramirez. way Ramirez gave up a run. Robbie Ross Jr. gave up three. They just left Ross out to dry. they were like, we're already down by several runs. Yeah, so we're just gonna keep just go for them. it, Ross.
1: No one cares. Well, because it's it's that or burn some of the guys who you need to rely line when you have a chance to win. So it's like you might as well burn Robbie Ross because then you can still have you're not going to use Tazawa uh, or Kimbrell or Koji. So right,
0: Ross gave up two home runs. He gave up the. Uh... Wait, this is one home run, but he gave up two. It was two. Yeah, Trumbo and Hardy.
1: Yeah, that's Yahoo's weird. Yahoo's
0: wrong. All right, well, either way.
1: Come on, Yahoo.
0: Get <laughs> so, tough first two games. Uh, orders were still perfect at that time. So, we move ahead to Wednesday, which is good. Uh, Lauren is at this game, so I guess she's a good luck charm.
1: Just, yeah, Lauren, go to every game, I don't you? She was at
0: Saturday's game, too, and they won that also, so... Go to every she game. wouldn't deny that
1: claim, like no, go no.
0: to every game. She'll say, okay, let's go. She's sad probably that she's missing talking about two games that she went to that they won.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Maybe the games gave her a migraine. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, Wednesday was a good game. Um, Joe Kelly actually got a win after going home run in the third inning. Chris Davis had a two-run home run in the third, and that was all that Kelly gave up. Sox came back, and uh, Bogart's got a two-RBI double in the third. Jackie Bradley Jr. got an a triple in the fourth. Mookie Betts grounded him, at, grounded him in on the ground out. And that's all the offense in the game in four innings. It was uh, 4-2. And talk about the bullpen in that game. Uh, Barnes, Lane, Tazawa, Uehara, Kimbrell, all pitched. Only two hits combined. No walks for any of them. And that's exactly what you want to see.
1: Yeah, and Kelly looked good. Like, honestly, Kelly, Kelly locked it down, and the bullpen came in. It was scripted, and, and that was kind of what you expected out of the pitching staff. Yeah, he got pulled early just because of the pitch count. Yeah. Which was like what 100, 102, 100. It was through like four innings.
0: Five, five innings, of 116 pitches, which is terrible. and that's
1: a that's a lot. Um, he had five walks. But the,
0: he didn't pitch well, but he didn't give up runs. He limited the damage when guys. Did
1: yeah, run. like once he, he had walks, but he didn't cut. Yeah, so it it, it didn't wasn't terrible. It, I've seen a lot worse from Joe Kelly. Let's put it that way. So uh, definitely can't argue. And then like you the bullpen locked it down, Kimberly gets will get the save and we move on. Well,
0: it's funny because usually in these games with Kelly, when he gives up hits and walks. He can't get out of like the second or third inning and just is terrible. This time he actually got out of it. So it was encouraging. Yeah, exactly. Was very nice. So that was a good game overall and not a lot of runs. Hubalto Jimenez gave up all four runs for Baltimore and that was the final game and the Orioles finally lost the game. Yay. It was exciting. Yes. All well time. Excellent. Sox went to four and four with the win. Brought him into uh, Friday. Hit Thursday off. Get a little off day after the win. Going to Toronto, uh, Second time we played them. This time at home, after the last one on the road, they already took two out of three last time on the road. And for some reason, Toronto seems to be a good luck charm for the Red Sox because on Friday they won again against them, five to three. So it was uh, for some reason. Even though the Blue Jays are supposed to be good, the Sox are playing really well so far, which is obviously a good sign.
1: Yeah, and Porcello pitched well.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. He gave up another another uh, home run. To Edwin Encarnacion, two actually. He gave yeah, up one that of the. Dude,
1: but that dude can hit though.
0: Like that's the thing, Porcello's giving up home runs, but they're all to the Batista and Encarnacion.
1: But that's his career though. Like Porcello, like is known to like just give up home runs, but they're usually solo shots. Like it's usually like one mistake here and there. But but he that was it though. Like he pitched really well, and I, honestly, I give a lot of that credit to Christian Vazquez.
0: Yeah, that was his first game back, right?
1: It was, yeah. yeah. They called him up, and he started. He worked really well with Vasquez in the spring, um, so I'm not shocked they made that his first game. But he came into that game, Vasquez, and had a huge impact right away. He was hitting was the ball bad. well. Yeah, hitting the ball well, calling the games, getting a lot of close pitches even, like with the, a lot of strike three calls that like, he, you know you could tell he framed, you watch him over and over again. Um, that might have been a ball for a lot of other catchers, plus the snap play down the first. like he, Vasquez took over that game.
0: Yep, he had two hits, almost had a home run. Porcello had eight strikeouts, only gave up two hits. It was great.
1: I would say the best part about that game for me, for Vasquez, was him throwing down to first.
0: Yeah, he gunned it there and nailed him.
1: Hanley was not ready for it.
0: I don't know. I like how he ran into the the ump, and then the ump ran around him, and then called him out.
1: (laughs) It was great. It was awesome. But look, that's what honestly, that's what Vasquez brings, and this is why I've been Team Vasquez for so long, because he just has that awareness, and Porcello comes off the mound and raves about him, and it's like, that's the stuff that you don't get with Blake Swire. Look, I'm not saying Blake Swire's a bust, but right now, this Vasquez is what you need for the pitching staff you put together.
0: Yeah, he's obviously the better catcher, and... It's, it's. It's. He showed everyone this week why, or even just the last couple of games why, he's a really good player. And then the mm-hmm. offense too. You, you don't even expect a lot of offense from him, but he looked really good at the plate as well. So
1: he was cranking the ball. He a bombs off the monster. Close. To, he came close to a homer. Like his first at bat. Was, yeah. Yeah. He was ripping it.
0: Yep. Two for four. Two RBI. I mean, sorry. Two for four. For two runs for Vasquez. Like I said, only two hits given up against Porcello. And that's the most impressive thing about this game. You got Porcello for six and a third, two runs, uh, three runs, two hits, eight strikeouts. Tozawa came in for two thirds of an inning, no no hits. Koji came in for an inning, no hits. Kimberly came in for an inning, one hit, got the save. And it's just again, the pitching, the, the bullpen being so good, and when you can get the starter on board, they hold a really good t- Toronto offense to three hits in the entire game. That's huge.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think that whole game was huge when you can hold. That team to three hits. I think Vasquez was a huge part of that. And back to Vasquez, too, Jess. I think that his showing in that game proves to a lot of people his shoulder is 100%, if not really close to it.
0: Yeah, that throw looked really, really good.
1: He had no hesitation whipping that ball down. Plus, it didn't affect his bat. Like, he was hitting the ball with no hesitation. So, uh, to me, he looks 100%.
0: Yeah, he looks great. He looks fantastic. So, I hope that's the case. Um,. And yeah, in this game, Sox got enough offense to win. They got five runs. You know, they didn't need ten, fifteen runs. <laughs> they only needed
1: yeah, for one. They only
0: needed a couple, and they got them. They got three uh, in the first, which was great, and that kind of carried them through the rest of the game.
1: So that's, yeah, no, that was that was nice. It doesn't have often, offense. So we'll take it when we can get it.
0: Yeah, two hits for Vasquez, two for Bradley, two RBI for Shaw, and uh,
1: bottom of the year coming up big that, that game for sure.
0: Yeah, bottom of the not has been coming up coming up big for a while, which is nice. So that was the first game of Toronto, two games in a row. One, Branson to Saturday, another low-scoring game, which is interesting because most of them have been high-scoring. And this was David Price in the mound on Saturday and uh, came back with uh, a nice seven-inning effort. Once again, looked a little shaky. gave up a run in the first inning, a couple deep five balls for uh, Donaldson Batista. Only gave up the one run. Xander Bogarts had a big three-run homer in the third to make it three-to-one. Shaw got another run in the Third right after that, um, RBI single to make it 4-1. That's all the Sox would need on an offense. And then finally, with that little uh, cushion, Price pitched well. Just gave up one more run in the in the fourth inning to Encarnacion. Ended up going seven innings, got nine strikeouts, six hits, two runs. Uh, the Sox hit Marco Estrada this time, unlike last uh, Sunday when they did not. They got four mm-hmm. runs and eight hits and six innings off of them. And another good win. Um, it's tough to tell with Price. Because he really hasn't pitched that well, but he's gotten a lot of strikeouts. It's it's hard to gauge so far. He he doesn't look completely comfortable. His control slightly off. He's been able to limit the damage most of the time, besides the five run inning that he had that one game. So I don't know. What what do you think he's not? How do you think he's done so far?
1: I don't know, and I was just gonna bring that up too. Like he can't seem to pitch well in the first inning. Like he always gets off to a shaky start, and then he and then he comes he comes back gets uh, how many strikeouts did he have this game? Nine. He had nine strikeouts this game, and is the first pitcher to go seven innings for the Red Sox this season. Yeah, that's right. Um, of, of, co- of course it was going to be him. No shocker there. But um, I'd be surprised if anyone else does it for the next two weeks. <laughs> but, he, the, I, one, shocking that it took this long for him to do that. But, like, the fact that he still has nine strikeouts and looks out of control still, to me, just for him. Obviously, a lot of people would take the way he's pitching. But for him, and I, I don't even want to say what you're paying him because the money's stupid. But, like... What you're paying him, (laughs) he looked out of control. So I'm, I'm obviously intrigued to see how he gets better. Um, because he can get better. You can see it. Like you said, Jess, you're noticing it just by watching the game alone. So, and we're not, and we're not even nitpicking. I think you're noticing him being a little out of control. He looks uncomfortable. Um, I think he's going to get better as the weather stays warmer. Um, and we get, we kind of progress out of April into May and later into the season. Um, but right now he looks like, in between, he looks in between regular season David Price and playoff David Price. He's kind of in the middle ground right now. And we need to get him up to David Price levels of what he can in the regular season. I think the weather will help him. I do. I, obviously, we know pitching in the cold is tough. Um, His
0: first two starts, it was really cold.
1: Exactly. So it hasn't helped him. Um, but he's gotten out of the jams, at least. That's that's what Nace does, even during struggles. He keeps you in the game. Um, he's 2-0, and he gives and he has Kimbrough having four saves now. So... I think for even though it's not great for him, he's done what he had to do to win the games, and that's what we ask for an ace pitcher to do. Even on the bad nights, we still ask him to win a game, and he did. Yeah,
0: it's. I think yeah, you definitely nailed it overall. It's in it, it, with the control thing. It's not even necessarily like walks. I mean, he's had four walks in three games. He didn't have any in his last game. That's not bad, but it's just like. The, the pitches he's thrown, he's thrown a lot of pitches, he's thrown a lot of balls. Even if he hasn't walked, he's still throwing a lot of balls. And he just doesn't seem completely sharp. He doesn't seem like he's he, like hitting where he wants to hit.
1: Yeah, he's using a lot of his pitches. Um, he's using a lot of pitches to get guys out. Um, obviously, his strikeout tolls are not up, which means you're throwing a lot of pitches anyway, but throw a lot of balls on top of that. Like He's getting deep into counts a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's where the pitch count's coming into play, and that's why it doesn't look comfortable. Because, yeah, he's getting nine strikeouts. But he's also probably throwing a lot of 3-2, 2-2 two, two, two counts, and that's a problem.
0: Yeah, he's averaging 9 strikeouts. He's got 10, 8, and 9, but when you're going between 5 and 7 innings, you know, you want him, to go, pitches
1: he's throwing. You yeah. want him to
0: go 7 or 8 most of the time because he's the one you're expecting the bullpen not to pitch for, and they've had to pitch several exactly. innings with him on the mound.
1: And in this game, it did happen. He went 7 innings, um, and they took care of the last 2.
0: Yeah, so. that worked out. But still, he threw 107 pitches, you know. You want him to yeah. go maybe four or five more outs with one hundred seven pitches, exactly. So I am not complaining. He's two and zero. That's no. fine. It's just two and zero. I'll give him time. Comfortable. And
1: I, I will put. I am not going to obviously put all, all on it, but like you said, Jess, both of his starts. It's not been a warm out, so like, right. As a pitcher, you know it's harder to throw in the cold. It is. Oh yeah. Um, obviously, it's hard to hit in the cold too, and that might be some reason why people are missing. And like, so it's kind of balancing itself out. But that's why he's missing the strike zone because I just I think it's a huge part of it.
0: Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely interested to see how he continues to pitch. This doesn't surprise me. I, didn't, I mean, I even like I've kind of said before it started. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't start off the season fantastic. It's a new place. Everyone's putting a lot of pressure on him. I, you know, I've crazy or not. I know in my in my uh, season predictions, I picked him to get 15 wins. You know, most people are picking him to get you know like 18 plus. So the 15 wins suggests maybe not quite as many at the beginning because he's not like completely comfortable here. So it doesn't surprise That's me at true. all.
1: He's got two, though. Yeah,
0: he does. So we'll see what happens. I'm not surprised, but I obviously want to see him get better because I want to, oh, of course. I want to see Ace Price, and I want to keep the bullpen fresh. So so be it. He's 2-0, yep. 450 ERA. See how he does next time. Which brings <laughs> us into Sunday, riding a three-game winning streak. And unfortunately, just like last Sunday, another tough game uh, for the team on Sunday. Behind Stephen Wright, the guy's pitching great, and he can't get any run support.
1: No. <laughs> He's going to turn to this year's John Lackey.
0: I know. God, that year was terrible when Lackey
1: couldn't get any runs for it.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. He had, like, thir- like 12 wins, and his ERA was, like, low threes.
1: Yeah, he was great that he year. Have,
0: like, he had like, 20 wins right now. <laughs> yeah, Stephen Wright is 0 2 with a 213 ERA. That's that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, it was stupid. Joe, Joe yeah. Kelly's 1 0 with a 10 13 ERA. What the heck?
1: got a love it. <laughs>
0: So yeah, Rice right, pitched well again today, six innings, six hits, two runs, six strikeouts, no walks. Uh he had another tough first inning, just like he did last time he pitched, so he's having the everyone uh every other starter problems giving up runs in the first inning. Uh it hurt today. Batista hit a home run, Call had an RBI single. And the Sox can never they never matched that. They got one back in the fifth on Mookie Betts RBI single to make it two one, but in the seventh, off the bullpen. Couple more RBI for the for the Jays. I got another one in the ninth. Travis shot a two-run homer in the bottom of the ninth. Got it back to five to three, but they were down too much at that point, unfortunately. And it was just too little, too late. The bullpen wasn't as sharp in this game. You know, you didn't have Uehara, Tazawa, and Kimbrell pitching. You had Lane, Ramirez, Ross, Barnes. They didn't do so sharp. Unfortunately, and a lot of hits. So, just a tough game all the way around. Not much offense. Not much pitching. Uh, it was bound to happen at some point. They had a three-game winning streak. So they finished the week at three and three. They got a six and five record now, and you know it's not bad. They didn't look too bad. It's it's not bad,
1: and I agree. It, it could have been a lot worse. Um, I was shocked this team won three in a row, but they also lost three in a row. So it, it's it's kind of what I think you're going to have to expect this year. This team has the ability to hit a streak, uh, but I think this team also has the ability, given the pitching, to hit a lull like they did in losing those three games at the end of the Toronto and obviously the Baltimore series. So. If, like you said though, Jess, overall it was a good week. It was what we thought it was a three and three week. Um and we move on now and you have some good baseball uh coming up this week as well. So see where they go from here. You uh obviously Claybox is gonna get the uh start on um Marathon Monday and we'll see how it goes after that. But this past week, Jess wasn't terrible. Obviously, um some good hitting, some good uh, pitching on some days. It was just kind of a mix of everything. We got a little bit of everything this week, really. Yeah,
0: which I'm happy about. I'm glad it's not another week of like great offense, terrible pitching. Like The pitching was pretty good. We had a 4-2 win, a 5-3 win, a 4-2 win. That's good. Yeah, and
1: we were able to set up the bullpen. That's huge. We gave the bullpen a chance to win games, and they did. And that's what they're getting paid to do, and that's what they brought us here. That's what they brought Kimberlin to do, and obviously Carson Smith, when he does come back, to share that bullpen. And obviously it's just going to help when Carson Smith comes back. But right now it's looking good. Kimbrel's got what four saves, right? Yeah, he pitched like, horribly
0: in opening day. Everyone <laughs> freaked out, and now he's done great since. So,
1: <laughs> and, it's, and the energy he get, he he has a buzz around him, and that's we haven't had that in a closer. And obviously, Koji had some buzz, but I, I think like fantastic right now. <laughs> do you think that? Okay, do you think that one Kimbrel does have a more of a buzz than Koji did say in two thousand thirteen? And two, I, I think that Koji's pitching better because he's not pitching the ninth inning.
0: Well, I think Koji had a ton of buzz, too. Everyone was obsessed with how good he was, me included, Yeah, included.
1: I think it's a different buzz, though. It
0: is a different buzz. He, Kimbrough's got the fireballer kind of buzz around him, but I think o- overall buzz, I think it's pretty equal, because the people are crazy yeah. about Koji.
1: Kimbrough has that rock and roll type feel. Yeah. Like rock and roll, hard cool, like oh
0: yeah, Kimbrel.
1: And like when Kimble came in, like I remember on opening day he came in, there was like they put his name on all the video screens with fire coming out, and like <laughs> it was great. It, just, it got me so Huffing jacked up. up yeah. and, then, and then he let it through at home run. I was like, well, crap. Um, you
0: don't throw a pitch but, down the middle low to Chris Davis. You gotta throw him high. <laughs>
1: I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think the reason why I think people are gonna like him, and I already do, but I think he has that same mentality of. Papelbon when he was here, oh, yeah. it's that I'm gonna strike you out. I'm gonna throw it as hard as I can. I'm gonna come in. I'm gritty and I'm gonna work. Whereas Koji was Finaster as the splitter. Obviously, mm-hmm. high five city, all that stuff was great, but it's not that grittiness, that rock and roll type attitude. Like him and Papelbon are very similar in that sense.
0: Yeah, they are. He's uh, Kimbrel has 12 strikeouts already. He and in his, in his outings, he's gotten two, one, two, three, one and three. So two of his outings, he struck out the side. So he yeah. looked very good. Yeah, you know, it's great. They both have a buzz around them. We got Koji as our closer for a couple of years. Now we have Kimbrel. And now, like you said, now we have Koji and not quite a pressure role. And he is just rolling through players. He is on He looks fantastic. To have both it, of them, that is huge.
1: It does. And it's amazing because Koji was great. And we got him probably in his two better years, especially 2013 of his career. And now, when he's slowly declining, he's obviously getting older. What a great time to bring Kimbrel in. Um, and to kind of help you... Um, help you address that by taking some work off of Koji. Koji doesn't have to pitch every night, you know? Like, he's not the one relying in the ninth inning. Kimbrel likes that pressure. He's younger. He lives for that. He can throw hard. You can rely on Kimbrel. I mean, you can rely on Koji, too, but that's if he stays healthy.
0: And now we can so, rely on both of them. So it's exactly. And now you have <laughs> basically
1: two closers in the back of that bullpen, and it's just phenomenal, and it's working well so far.
0: Yeah, I mean, Koji's obviously been even better than Kimbrel because Kimbrel's given up a couple of runs. Koji hasn't given up anything. He's only given up two hits. I'm looking at his numbers right now. He's given up two hits, one walk, and he has uh six strikeouts. He's perfect. He's done absolutely nothing wrong. The only thing he's done wrong is to give up one walk, <laughs> really. Yeah, so. and it's crazy.
1: It's, I'm okay with it. It's fine. The whole bullpen situation is fine right
0: now. It's something to note, too, I mean, obviously, because you obviously want him when you're winning, but he has pitched, every game he's pitched has been a win except one. So he's coming in, and he's preserving the small lead we've had in every game, and we've won six of the seven games he's pitched, so I think it's great, I love having them both, having Tozawa there too it's it's great, it's so fun having a good bullpen, because a oh, good bullpen is so hard to find, and so many teams have terrible bullpens we saw us have a terrible bullpen last year it's just so awesome to see the bullpen pitch well
1: yeah, I think that it's nice to have, and obviously like we've seen the Royals do, you can win a, you can win a lot of games with a good bullpen, so I think that's what's going to have to help them win this te- win games this year. Red Sox get up, and kind of the bullpen is going to have to help the starting pitching out. It's just going to be the way it is all year, until maybe you pitch, you get a second starter closer to the rotation, I mean closer to the deadline for the rotation. Um, I wouldn't hate Sonny Gray, and his name co- popped up again the other day, so we'll see where that comes, comes in down the line.
0: Yeah, you definitely get another starter would help bolster it. I like how it is now, I mean, the starters pitched better this week than they did last week. The bullpen was still good. Offense wasn't quite as good, but they were good enough. So I think everything's kind of mixing together better now. Because, you, you know, you don't want that. You don't want, oh, fantastic offense, terrible pitching. You want them both to be solid. And I think that, oh, worked, I agree. that worked out better. So if they can keep that up, I think I think they could be good. But I
1: think if, and if they stay steady, like they did, steady enough to keep winning kind of games, they're going to be around enough to, for, the, for Dombrowski to, be able to make a move to maybe bolster the rotation and maybe try to call Oakland and get a Sonny Gray or, or Chicago for a Chris Sale or something like that because I, I, a lot of things I've read about Sonny Gray, it's it's not going to take any m- older prospects that are playing now to get him. It would take some younger prospects, and in that case, I say do it in a heartbeat because Sonny Gray's not old, so he could be here for
0: a while. Yeah, that could definitely be a huge move, and you're exactly right with the... Uh, like. uh Team hanging around, so you actually want to be buyers at the trade deadline. Because if we're playing like we're playing now, we're not going to be 15 games under 500.
1: No, you know? you're going to be in en- it enough to be buyers, and that's never happened that hasn't happened in few years, and yeah, that'd be fun to watch.
0: Exactly. So if we can just keep the steady, I don't, I don't need the offense to be the best in the league. I don't need the pitching to be best in the league. If they're both just solid, like they kind of were this week, you obviously take out the nine runs in the first two games each, but past that and just be solid like that, I think, I think that's what you're looking for really.
1: I think yeah, if they stay solid, this team can has the ability to have magic come postseason if they get there. Yep. I think, it, and if obviously if you add another pitcher, that would obviously help, no question asked. But yeah. um, if they if you do that, this team has the ability to have some magic, and I, I don't want to say recreate their 2013, but have a different kind of style and swagger like they did to maybe come out of nowhere and, win a, and get close to a World Series.
0: Yeah, the potential is definitely there. I'm definitely interested to see what happens. Uh, before we move to some Red Sox um, news this week. Um, I, I don't know if you agree, but I'm giving the MVP of the week to Xander Bogarts this week. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, obviously, didn't... I did my my uh, my prep work earlier, but through three at-bats on Sunday today. He was six for 23 this week with four runs, two home runs, five RBI, two stolen bases. He did a little bit of everything.
1: Yeah, I, I think, obviously, it's hard for me to not say Xander because I love him and he, he made it up, but I don't think I agree with you on this one. Um, I have to give it to Kimbrel. He okay. locked it down this week and he has four saves obviously monday wasn't great but the reason why i give it to him is because after monday he showed why he should be here and he came back from that he didn't let that hit him and he came out and had now has four saves and i think this week was his coming out party to red sox fans it, Just get used to this guy if we're winning he's gonna come in and throw the guy throw guys out
0: yeah that's fair no he's definitely big it's great to have him back there um but between blowing monday's game and having a couple walks i think xander you know he wanna he basically won the game yesterday with a three run homer because mm-hmm. that was the only runs that we needed. And just he got a hit in uh in every game throughout the week. Um he he went over today finally, but every other game of the week he had a hit. He had a uh, actually yep. he had a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight game hitting streak just before it snapped today. So just consistent from him getting a couple of runs, home run, a couple of RBI, I think he was he was a solid presence, which was nice.
1: Yeah, next week we might have Christian Vasquez there if he keeps playing like that. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: absolutely. But,
1: yeah, no, it was a good week for the Red Sox, like we just kind of touched on. I um, love the fact that they were consistent. Um, they didn't play like crap all week. Yeah, they had up a couple bad games. Last year, after Monday and Tuesday, Jess, it would have been a crap shoot the rest of the week. It, they wouldn't have bounced back. I just haven't convinced of that for what we saw last year. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was nice this to year. bounce back at three in a row. It
1: was Yeah, it was nice to see, okay, we lost two coming in Wednesday. Of all people, Joe Kelly gets the win, um, comes in, gives the Orioles their first loss. Obviously, Monday and Tuesday were tough games. They were close, uh, and you just caught a hot team. Um, I don't think the Orioles are this good long-term, but you caught them at the wrong time, I think, for this time of the year. Right. So you kind of got screwed in that sense. You play them later in the year, you're probably going to take two out of three. Um, I just don't think they have the longevity in the pitching staff to make that work. Um, but, but how often awesome is think,
0: to, to go 4-2 and two against the Jays this season, far?
1: Yeah, and, and that's the team everyone's picking to win the division. Yeah. So if you can pull that out and, and your pitching can do well against Toronto for some reason, then go for it. Uh, obviously, we haven't played the Yankees yet or the Rays. We do play the Rays this week. Um, but I think that you're looking good right now, and this division's going to be pretty tight, I think, the whole way through. and I think we kind of saw that coming, but um, this week kind of is more evident of that.
0: Yeah. This division's
1: going to be tight all year.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm just really encouraged at how we kept the Jays off the scoreboard pretty much every game. Really, really solid pitching against a really good offense. So that's huge.
1: Yeah, Great no, league. it was a, it, it was a good week, good good week of baseball for the Red Sox. I think three and three, I'm comfortable with, especially the way the first couple games started, like we talked about. So I think it was a good bounce back to get end up at three and three. Um, obviously, they keep doing well against the Jays, so I'll take it. Uh, MVP uh, is Xander for the week for you guys. And now I think there's some good Red Sox news to kind of touch on. Um, and the big one here is involving the big guy. Pablo Sandoval, um, he officially gets put on a DL. Apparently, it's a shoulder injury. Um, it may actually actually real, be a real injury. Apparently, he got an MRI. Um, I thought it was just a fake way to get him on the DL. I think a lot of people did. Um,
0: well, yeah, I wrote the article on it when it came out, and I was, yeah. was kind of hinting at the fact that it's uh, an excuse injury just to have him not play.
1: <laughs> but it's, he's getting an MRI and going to Andrews, Dr. Andrews now for a second opinion and all this stuff, and he might be having surgery. So, like, he's out
0: for the year for surgery. That takes care of that problem.
1: <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what they're doing. They're putting him in for surgery. You know, you could probably hold off, but you're not going to play anyway. So you might as well get the surgery, get ready to go, lose some weight. Because they even did say, they they, they said, you aren't playing until you lose weight. They said that. They came out and said that. So what a disaster. at this point, he's not going to lose weight anytime soon. So you might as well have him surgery. Um, he said he doesn't want to be here unless he's going to be the everyday third baseman. Just lose weight, dude. The job's yours if you didn't come in fat. Like, the only reason why Travis Shaw got it was because you came in and you didn't care.
0: I don't, think he's, I don't think he's capable of losing weight. It's hard for some people to do, and he just doesn't seem capable.
1: No, and I agree. And look, I'm not completely like – I can sit here and – I'm actually – I might defend him a little bit because, look, I look at Pablo Sandoval and go, yeah, you might yell me for defending him, but it's an addiction. It really is. Absolutely. And I, I did talk with a coworker this week um, about this, and it, it's hard. It, if you think about it, it's – think about being an alcoholic. If you're an alcoholic – and you can't stop. You can't get your hands off booze, and, you, and you're constantly relapsing. We're all we feel bad for you. We want we want you to get help.
0: It's the same thing. I was with
1: food. It's the same exact thing with food. Yeah. He goes home. He's from Venezuela. They, their culture is food. He goes home. He blows up like a balloon. Yeah. And the stories of when he was with the Giants, they had to ban him from getting food room service. That was they, they, they told the room service not to get let him get anything, even if he asked. Like he cannot have it. That's crazy. That's bad, but that's yeah. helping him with an addiction. That's an addiction. If you have to ban someone from room service, you know there's a problem. More than just someone likes to eat. It's, it's an addiction.
0: Um, so no wonder he's having trouble losing weight.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, we make fun of him for his belt popping off and him coming in like a blob. But when we find out all this, um, one thing that kills me that they the Red Sox didn't know this, or they did, and if they did know it when they signed him, they still signed him to this contract. Um, this just makes me even more agree with my original thoughts when they signed him, that Half of this was to market him as the panda and get some extra cash off of him. Um, but they didn't know how to handle him after the fact, and they, they figured, oh, well, the Giants, he played well for the Giants, so whatever. They didn't realize that coming back from Venezuela, when he did with his family, he was grossly overweight, and his trainer and some coaches hit him from the organization for three weeks by driving him to the ballpark in San Francisco, snuck him into the gym, and worked him out for seven days straight, like three times a day before they let him back at work and they told him he had the flu, so they wouldn't they wouldn't wonder why he wasn't there, quote unquote. Isn't that ridiculous you and you saw that I'm sure you did, Jess. Like the fact that they went and picked him up so his car wouldn't be there. So that the people would wouldn't think he was there. So they could sneak him into three days, basically, for seven days straight.
0: Yeah, this this whole situation has just gotten really weird. It's I don't I feel bad for him, obviously, because so much scrutiny here and you, you can't do anything in Boston without getting criticized, obviously. And it's, boy, it, the signing just looks worse and worse every day. And not even because he hasn't played well and now obviously he's not playing at all. It's just like thinking about who he is and what he does and, you know, the fact that he has this food addiction and this problem and that he's always been overweight. What a terrible person to put in Boston. What an awful idea.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It like, so yeah, was
0: they, a really they, dumb signing.
1: Like, there's no way they didn't know this. Like, this is a lot of stuff coming out now. Yeah. Like, there's no way they didn't dig into this and went and found this. They didn't. Just, there's no. They just have the to fact have that he's
0: overweight is enough. It's like with this, the pressure of Boston. Like, you got. You basically have to be perfect while you're playing here because everyone's so harsh and everyone's so quick to to judge. Yeah. And it's just the the way that people are here. It is just that's that's food addiction. Everything aside, just the fact he's overweight. That's already a problem.
1: And like, I get on the surface. The signing, because on the surface, he played well in San Francisco,
0: right? Need a third baseman. A, he, yeah.
1: he needed a third yeah. baseman, hero in the postseason. Look, I bought into it. I liked the guy in Me too. I thought
0: he was going to be great. I, so so I,
1: and it was him or Chase Headley, so of course I was going to pick him. Yeah. Like, I was all for it. I know you were too. Yeah. And now, it's the, well, on the surface it looked good, but then if he's fat, wh- why aren't you questioning why he wouldn't lose the weight? Like, why aren't you at least looking into it? Right, like, Just
0: why has he never like, lost weight in his entire career? Why has he never <laughs> lost
1: weight? Like, he's a big guy, and it seems like he got bigger as the years went on. And he did. So, but everyone was blind to that because, I you know, the Red Sox saw money signs when it came to the Panda and marketing. And obviously now we learned that he wasn't great for the Giants locker room, and no one liked him, or he was got really hard to get along with, especially with Hunter Pence. <laughs> um, and then this whole stuff comes out now, and it's like, it seems like the Red Sox have his back, like, his teammates, but, like, is he even, are we are we are we even going to see him in a Red Sox uniform again?
0: I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't.
1: Like, try, I, today I taking
0: taking such a dramatic turn for the worst for him.
1: Like, if he's hurt, if he's hurt, like, legitimately, like, if this is a serious thing, which I think it might be, I think he actually might have some soreness. The way they're playing it up, it's believable. But if he is hurt, what? Why are we giving? It, we're not going to rush him back. Travis Shaw's playing well. Um, like, you ball. have a nice rookie. And you have a nice rotation where Brock Holt can slide in and play third every once in a while to give Shaw a day off. Um, it's, it's working. So what, is, there's no place for him.
0: It. Yeah, it's it's a terrible situation for him. It's, it's, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't play. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out for the year. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but it's just, I don't know. It's, it's sad. I'm sad about it because, like, so far, all my criticism, like, I'm not going to make some fun of someone for their weight, which a lot of people did. I,
1: Especially with the eating disorder. Right.
0: My criticism for him this entire time has been that he hasn't played well. I'm talking strictly baseball. He did not play last year. He looked terrible. He just was not into the game. He, looked like he was having fun on the team. The team was terrible. Nothing was good about it. Now, at this point, now we're not even talking about his, his talent anymore on the field. No one even cares about that anymore. Now it's, now it's all this stuff. So now, at this point, I just feel bad for the guy. I'm like, geez, he blew all this money on him in this big signing. can't even get on the roster. Now he just all of a sudden has a shoulder injury that came out of nowhere that no one knows how it happened. And now just continuing this weight stuff, now all this food addiction, all this stuff about San Francisco. God, it's just taken a horrible turn, and it's just – I feel bad for him. I feel bad that we signed him in the first place because, as we can see now, this should have been predictable all the way in Boston because Boston just isn't for some people. Just, it just seems so dumb now.
1: Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. And now, obviously, knowing all this, it's a, it's a bad sign. And I'm still pulling for the guy, obviously. Like, I, I mean, if it falls, I would love to see him get better, get healthy from his injury, maybe shed a few pounds at least, and come back and be able to play. But I, don't, I just don't see it happen.
0: Yeah, I'm pulling for him, too, because, you know, I was down on him because of how he played, but now that all this has happened, it's like, well, I'm not going to wish this on anybody, like, on your well-being and your self-esteem or anything like that. It's just a 28-year-old, 20, 28, 29-year-old dude. And like, geez, now, so, yeah, now for his sake and... It's just his life i would love for him to turn it around and you know be able to play whether it's here or somewhere else just turn his yeah. turn his career around play a couple more good years and you know go out on a good note or something i don't know
1: <laughs> i mean obviously on as a person you wish for the best for him obviously it's an issue we we, we both said this an addiction and we agree it's that it you need help it's not it's not a thing that we make lightly of it like being an alcoholic, you have an addiction to food. That's what he has. And he, obviously we want him to get better as a person. Um, as a player, I'd like to see him play more. Uh, I don't want this to be the way he goes out because I I will tell you, he's had a good career. He's been an all-star. Um, he's won three World Series. Like He's had a, a great career. And this can't be the way he goes out. I can't imagine he wants to go out this way. So um, I think that he'll come back. I just don't think it's going to be with the Red Sox. I think this might be it. I, I, I don't know who's going to take him. I don't know where who would be the unloader of – to take him, um, but I, I, don't, I just don't see it happening here. If it does, I would love it, but I just, I just at this point, the way we criticize people in the, in, in sports around here and the way he's handled it, I just can't see him flourishing here anymore.
0: No, definitely not. No, I, I wouldn't even be surprised if he didn't play anywhere. He's already won three World Series, he's had a good career. You might just say, screw all this baseball stuff, I'm just going to go do what I want to do, be on my own and not be in the spotlight anymore. I wouldn't be surprised at all.
1: I wouldn't be surprised by that. He, he, maybe he stops playing to, if he actually wants to get help yeah. um, and then gets help and then says, you know what? The road might have been what's killed me. I might have been out the road too much. That's what's killing me to eat. I need to be in a controlled system and, and being on the road to play baseball is tough to do that. So I'm going to help my life and I've had a good career, like you said, and maybe that, that, might, maybe that might be the end of it. Um I hope not. Yeah. But it might be that way. it might be that way too. And obviously, we obviously wish the best for whatever works for him in that situation. But still, um, what a fall from grace, boy! What a fall from grace! <laughs> really fast, sucks really. really Pablo really right now. Yeah, yeah it, it, you go from three World Series and all that to come here, and yeah, you had a bad season. But no one would have batted an eyelash if he came back this year and played well. You know, right. like none of the stuff would have been an issue if he just came back and played well. But he just came, just just enjoy, uh, I guess really just disengaged from the game. And Travis Shaw took a spot, and it's probably not going to go back to him. So, um, but one th- one person who did benefit from this is Christian Vasquez, um, because Pablo Sandoval going to the DL um, obviously kind of opened up some questions for what the roster needed. Uh, that wasn't the move because who came up for Pablo? That was Rutledge, right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. And then they realized, okay, Vasquez is healthy, and Sandoval's there. We need some, we need some help. Um, so they sent Swihart down, and they put Christian Vasquez up.
0: And now we have Marco Hernandez, too, who is another infielder, so one more person in the way of Fandafal now.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Marco Hernandez is now up here as well. So one thing that I question with the catching spot now um, is Swihart is obviously getting down there to play every day, I'm assuming. That's why they put him down there, because they need him to play every day. Vasquez seems to be the guy here moving forward for a while. Um, With the way he's playing, the way he's calling games, pitchers are still raving about him calling a game and and being their catcher. Is Swyhart shut out here? Like, is this it? Like, this could be the end of Swihart catching in, red, in, a, in a Red Sox uniform.
0: Well, that's the tough thing Dombrowski said when they dropped him down. He's going to continue to play summit catcher, and then they're also going to work him out in the left field, which was probably the most interesting thing I saw all week because, you know, catching in left field are not really similar positions, but Swyhart is, is fast. He's athletic. It makes sense to me. I could definitely see him playing left field. But even if he does play left field, he's not going to be playing consistently because we have numerous outfielders who can play. So, yeah.
1: but he might be their long-term option. You know? Yeah, he might like be. If they want him to be an outfielder, like this year, Chris Young's not your long-term solution. I still don't think Brock Holt is your long-term solution because you know he might get, get some good money after his contract's up and might not want to pay it. So you, know, you have to have options. I think Blake Swire could be a good outfielder. He's athletic enough, um, and we all love his bat. He's just not a catcher to me. He just, I just, I mean, yeah, he's done it for a while, and like obviously we know late bloomers happen. Jason Veritek was a late bloomer, and we all love Tech. But for me, it's Vasquez is so good. Why try to, why mess with that? He, and I, and I hate using this comparison, but it's really true. He reminds me of Yadier Molina. He really does. He's got that same feel, same bulkiness. He's not afraid to catch, and he has a great
0: arm. Yeah, like, he's obviously the ideal catcher. There's no question about that. They obviously think he's a better catcher than Swihart. If they didn't, they would have continued to have Swihart catch if he was that good.
1: Dude, it was a struggle watching him catch the last week. Swihart, not like not judging that fly ball right, and the, like, yeah. that, like as soon as that happened, I'm like, oh Vasquez. I tweeted it out. Vasquez would have had
0: that. Yeah, Swihart doesn't look good at all behind the plate, and he seemed. I feel like he looked better last year. He's really struggled this he year, did. and he did not even just like with Steven Wright and dropping his balls, which is obviously obviously happens because he's a knuckleballer, but with other guys too, Swihart's had trouble. He's looked like kind of like hesitant sometimes when they throw it to him, not really sure which pitch they're throwing. He just didn't look comfortable back there kind of with anybody. And that obviously just opened the door right up. Oh, Vasquez because is healthy now. Great. So Swihart's going down. So yeah, I don't think, I don't necessarily think we'll see Swihart again catching. I guess it'll be interesting to see how he does playing left field. And if he ends up coming up here and playing outfield here this season, um, but yeah, we may have seen him, the rest of them. Uh, the end of him is a, is a catcher. But I want to keep him. I, I like the guy. But it obviously he could be a good trade piece because he's pretty solid so far. And now there's not really a spot for him in the team. So I think it, yeah, I think how he plays the outfield here over the next couple weeks or month or whatever probably might determine a lot. And I think too, because what we've seen a lot this
1: week, just I know I've seen a lot of it is the rumors of well, oh, is is uh, Brian Hannigan um, trade imminent? I don't think so. Because Hannigan's a great backup catcher. You know what he's, you're going to get from him when he plays. And hes I think he's really good for the clubhouse.
0: I love having Hannigan. I
1: yeah, really I, wouldn't, get rid of him. I wouldn't <laughs> let him go. Because as a backup catcher, you don't want a backup catcher who's practically a starting catcher. Because that's a waste of talent. Yeah. Um, and obviously you'd like that, but you know that player's not going to be happy with that. You want a backup catcher who's almost like, look what David Ross was when he was here, and now with Chicago. He's that backup mentality who you know what you're going to get from him, and he's really good for the clubhouse because catchers are basically managers in a uniform. I'm still agreeing with that. They basically are. So for me, I look at that and go, okay, Hannigan's a perfect backup catcher in this league and maybe a starting catcher for a really, really bad team. Sorry, Hannigan. Um, But I, I think that he's an ideal backup catcher and is someone who I could even see being a, a, a pitching coach or even a manager long-term just because he knows how to call it. I think he can call a pretty good game, too, when he's in there. Um, so I think he's an ideal situation. I think Swyhart's the odd man out in this. I I wouldn't hate Hannigan and Vasquez being the two for a while because I think Hannigan's got some years
0: left. Yes, yeah, same. I, I love your Ross-Hannigan comparison. I think very similar. Similar hitters, similar catchers, similar clubhouse. Hannigan's, Hannigan's just younger. Yeah, he's, he's 34 instead of 39 or whatever Ross is. So it's, he's he's definitely got all the tools. He's not like as vocal as Ross, but I think he's definitely respecting the clubhouse. seems to get along with everyone. And he's from freaking Massachusetts. It's great. It's perfect. Yeah, it really <laughs> is perfect. He, he's a hometown he's hero.
1: Here. He's gritty. He wants to win. And honestly, they were smart. When they traded Will Middlebrooks. I think they knew what they were getting. That was a great um, yeah. They obviously Will Woodbrooks sucked here. He didn't pan out. He didn't pan out in San Diego either. But
0: <laughs> probably never pan out of, anywhere.
1: Yeah, he's probably done. But besides that point, you know, I could bash Wilmot Brooks forever. But um the fact that like they knew they clearly did their research on Ryan Hen They knew what they were getting. Um they probably had some local coaches here to talk to. Obviously it's a far away, far off, but that's still accurate, I'm sure. Um and they knew they what they had in, in Ross when he was catching here. Um, and now they basically replaced Ross, same role, just younger. So now they have that same role in their clubhouse, just longer term.
0: Yeah, it's perfect, and I'm totally with you. I think, I think Swihart's the, the the odd man out for catchers, so I'm definitely interested to see how he does in the outfield. It's
1: amazing how fast people have turned on this. Like everyone I talked to always was, now I'm Team Swihart. Swihart's better long term. Swihart. I'm like guys, it's Vasquez, like a hundred percent of the way. Like I haven't, I haven't wavered off this in a lo- like ever. Like I've always, and you know this, I've always been a Vasquez guy. Oh yeah. So I'm so happy I was right because I never am. Um, and it was great, and I'm I, I'm I'm very happy he's succeeding. and I love watching him catch. It's an art form watching him catch. It really is. I believe that.
0: Um, yeah, I was on the Swihart bandwagon too, and I wanted Vasquez. You
1: weren't the only one. A lot of people were. Yeah,
0: I wanted Vasquez to wait till he was healthy to come back, but he obviously. <laughs> but he did though. He
1: did. Yeah, know. He just, you know, he didn't.
0: Come, he didn't start right away. And he looks good now, and Swihart. Didn't look as good, so I'm told. You know, you go with the guy who's hot. You go with the guy who's playing well. So, whether Swyart will be good in the future, not sure about that yet. He very well, very well, maybe. But right now, Vasquez is a better option.
1: Yeah, and, and look, the Red Sox are doing well. Vasquez is going to be making this pitching staff better. You watch Jess, and I hate to say it because I hate the pitching staff, but the Vasquez is just going to naturally improve this pitching staff. They're going to pitch better because you're going to have someone who's willing to call a game.
0: That's perfect um, for you because it gives you an excuse to say the pitching's still not as good, and it's Vasquez. <laughs> it's perfect.
1: I can just play Vasquez forever. All oh, success. If Buckles throws a good game, oh, it was Vasquez. It wasn't Buckles.
0: You got to build an excuse for the whole rest of the season. I really do. It's
1: fantastic. Uh, I don't have to blame... I don't have to give Buckles any credit this entire season because if he pitches well, it's on Vasquez. Um, thank you for giving me that outlet. That was fantastic.
0: It's um, true, so... <laughs>
1: it is very true. It is very true. Um, the Red Sox had a lot going on. There's a lot... Before we give our predictions for the week get out of here, there is some head MLB stuff we want to get to real quick, too, just um, around the league. First, Jacob Dubgram uh, is away from the Mets um, for an emergency with his newborn son. I didn't hear about this, Jess. What... um do we know what the emergency is? Do they disclose that?
0: Um, no, I'm not entirely sure, actually. Uh, but I'm reading now is an updated article on the story, and his son may leave the hospital uh, tomorrow. So, oh, all good. So hopefully it's good. He missed this. He missed one, one uh, turn in the rotation. So he was obviously just hanging out with his baby. I'm not sure if they ever even. I'm not sure if they actually even said what the problem was. Uh, the kid was just born six days ago so obviously it was just like a newborn prop yeah so hopefully it's nothing should be released obviously you hate when that kind of stuff happens so hopefully yeah exactly good, but yeah no,
1: i know i think that that definitely is um something to look at keep an eye on but i also think that it's definitely good that obviously the son's coming home and obviously degrom could care less for missing a start no, when because there's this kid involved um on a lighter note non- child related um, Adrian Beltre got a new year contract a uh, new two year deal um he just keeps hitting he just keeps getting better
0: yeah he's 37 years old and he's still he's still doing well he said he wants to retire with the rangers he's been there since 2011 since he played with boston in in 2010 and you know he's still he's not as good as he used to be, he's not getting, you know, 25, 30 home runs, but still, mm-hmm. you know, the last two years, 19 home runs, 18 home runs, 77 RBI, 83 RBI. He's a solid hitter, hitting around 300. So he's obviously still good and he's not slowing down that much, not dramatically. So. Doesn't
1: that look worse and worse year in year, but for the Red Sox?
0: He was so good. You know, he played great he for us good. too. He did. He was the same exact numbers
1: for the most part. He killed it here. Yeah, actually, like, eh,
0: he three twenty-one, twenty-eight homers, one hundred two RBI, forty-nine doubles. He was fantastic.
1: He was great, and that was another position that they could have locked down. He, he you know, he liked it here. Um, he did really well here. He used that wall great in left field, and that, he he would have stayed here, I think, long term if we if we paid him.
0: Yeah, and we haven't. We've struggled a little bit at third base, and so. Wait, that was, because that was
1: Will Middlebrooks who took his job, right? They let, they let him go so Will Middlebrooks could play.
0: Yeah, I believe it was.
1: That's, oh, God. It makes it even worse. Oh, man. Good old Will Middlebrooks. Um, <laughs> other note, um, something that I'm shocked by, um, the Nationals
0: are 9-1. Yeah. We weren't in their bandwagon, we were on the Mets, and they've played a lot better than the Mets so far.
1: I will say, though, I don't trust the Nationals, so they actually do it. Like, not me either. Successfully for an entire year and maybe not get shunned in the playoff. Um, they until the they're
0: 9-2 now.
1: But... Oh, they're 9-2 okay. now? Okay, 9-2. <laughs> and two. Still good, though, and better than I thought they were going to be. Um,
0: yep, they got the best record look, in the majors right
1: now. This team is built to win. They just, for some reason, just can't do it um, come the playoffs. So, obviously, I think you're going to see them have a decent year. I just don't think they're going to do it when it comes playoff time because, for some reason, they just can't do it.
0: Yeah, they could have been ten and one today. They actually lost an extra innings to the Phillies. John Papelblum blew a save. So,
1: oh, to the Phillies, how fitting?
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. No kidding. So, uh, are the
1: Phillies, how are the Phillies doing? They're probably terrible, right? I haven't looked.
0: Um, they're not as bad as the Braves, but they're uh, they're actually what, their third actually win? six and seven. They're six. Wow. They're actually second in the division. Wow.
1: That's wow. Okay.
0: Phillies are six and seven. Mets are five and six. Marlins are three and seven. And Atlanta's three and nine.
1: I'm shocked by that.
0: Yeah, they're actually playing well, which is kind weird.
1: Well, you know what, it happens. Um, and one other thing before we get to our predictions for the week, um, Tanaka and Iwakuma pitched against each other, and that's the first time. I didn't know this. You put this in show prep. Uh, the first time that former Japanese teammates pitched against each other—that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, the first time I saw it, I was like, I thought it said first time that Japanese. Pitchers, period, pitched against each other. I was like, that's not possible. And then I realized. That's not right. Yeah, there's no way I And then true. I realized yeah. it said four Japanese teammates in Japan pitching against each other. Yeah. And i was like, that's, that's
1: pretty cool. cool. That yeah. I can believe that's the first time that ever happened. But <laughs> if it was just Japanese pitchers, that's not true. Because there's a lot of them yeah. So... They're
0: so kind of just a fun little <laughs> fun fact.
1: Also, A Rod was dropped to sixth in the line. He's so that, this season? There's that little point too. too. Oh, that man. Last year, we should have been his swan song? Last year, he played pretty well. Yeah, you
0: so. got over 30 home runs. Like, retire while you're ahead, dude.
1: Yeah, my mouse just quit then. I don't know why he did. But, um, anyway, before we get out of here, we do want to do our predictions for the week. Obviously, last week, uh, I was right. Completely I got the, I the right quick. record,
0: at least. <laughs> you did
1: get the right record. Lauren was very optimistic and did not succeed with that optimism. Um, but you only missed by a game. So, uh, that being said, let's get to this week. Uh, we did miss the game against the Jays this week. Technically, it's this week, so we can actually... I guess it's on this week. Yeah, it, did, um, it didn't
0: happen yet, so we just missed it because we were doing through Sunday, but it's really a four-game yeah, series.
1: So. It's a four-game series, so we're going to pick the one versus the Jays, as well as the three against Tampa Bay, and the three on the road in Houston as well. Um, Jess and I, I'm going to skip to the point here on this one. Jess, we both have them be- winning on Marathon Monday. Um, Clay Buchholz, I know It's Clay Buchholz, but I think that Marathon Monday is obviously a lot emo- more emotional around here lately just because of everything that happened three years ago. Um, I think that uh, in baseball, just aside, baseball-related, I think they've been playing well against Toronto. Um, and I-, I give more faith to Buckholz pitching well because Vasquez is going to be behind the plate most likely. So, um, I- I- And I expect the-, the Red Sox players and bats will be out tomorrow to kind of Get tomorrow kicked off right before a marathon kicks in as well, so um, I think that they're going to win that game. I'm assuming, Jess, that's your reasoning too.
0: Yeah, I think after yeah you know, winning the first two games, then a little lull today with a loss, and they'll come out angry tomorrow. Try to try to win the series three out of four, which is awesome. win on marathon Monday, I think they'll be motivated.
1: Kimbrell gets his fifth safe tomorrow. That's my prediction. It's going to be a tight one, I think. But right? I think Kimbrell gets his fifth safe on marathon Monday. Get the rock. Get the uh, get the crowd going in the rocket Rock and roll going at Fenway on Marathon Monday. Um, I have to work though, which is unfortunate. But anyway, uh, moving on. The Rays—they have three at home against the Rays. Uh, Jess, what have you got in this one?
0: Yeah, I think we're going to sweep the Rays. They're not—they're not playing well. They actually uh, did beat Chicago White Sox, who were eight and two before the series. Um, they beat them the last two games. Tampa is five and seven right now. Um, I, you know, I'm not sold on them yet. They're kind of an average team. They're only supposed a good pitcher. Chris Archer is zero and three. So, I think that we'll play well against them. Still home. we have got ten straight at home, so still still a home series. I want to get a little that more of that home cooking going. So I'm, I'm feeling the sweep.
1: Uh, yeah, no, definitely still home cooking. Um, I, I love this. I'm with you on this one. I like the sweep a lot, and I hate to say the sweep. Red Sox are going to sweep anybody. Um, because when was the last time they did that? But. <laughs> Uh, um, looking, just looking, I looked, honestly, I looked at this one for the pitching matchups, and that's kind of what turned me, was Joe Kelly's going against Smiley, who's 0-2, and then you have, and obviously Kelly's kind of, the 1-0 record is iffy just because of that ERA, but I think Tampa Bay's bad enough that he'll look, de- he'll look better than he probably is. Um, and then Porcello and Price are the last two games, so, as much as I say I'm trusting Porcello, I'm trusting Porcello. Yeah, you um you're your because, on him suddenly? <laughs> yeah, because Vasquez is his catcher now. Um... Look, I think he looked good the other day. He did. It wasn't great, but he looked good enough, and I think this Rays team is bad enough that these are the type of teams that Porcello kind of does well against. Um, and like you said, Chris Archer's pitched like crap lately, so I think their Red Sox bats are going to feast on that. Um, so I don't think it's even going to be a close game. I really don't. Um, I think that game's going to be kind of a blowout. And then David Price pitches, so they're going to win. <laughs> so that's, what, that's the hope. I just assume they're going to win the David Price games, and if they lose, then I'm shocked. So, yeah, so I think that's kind of where the sweep's coming from for me.
0: Well, I hope that we win on uh, Wednesday because I'm probably going to that game. So, <laughs> Rick Porcelain, Chris Archer, that should be a good game. It
1: should be a decent game. I'm
0: looking to it. Um,
1: moving on after that, so we both have them sweep in Tampa. Uh, so, looking good for the Red Sox, four according n-. to us. So, 4 0 coming into that Houston series in Houston. Houston's a good club. We know that. Um, three on the road. Yet. Just not yet. But we know they have the talent though, so we know anytime it could be good. They're on ESPN, uh Sunday night baseball next weekend, which is awesome. Love it. Um, David uh I always do this. Uh Steven Wright. Clay Buckles, and Joe Kelly are your starters. I just naturally say David Wright. Um, I got I have um, Houston coming in and I think the Red Sox are gonna lose. 2 out of 3 U, So That's what I wrote down, right? Yep. Yeah, Losing 2 out of 3 from the Astros. Still a 5-2 and two week if that happens, though, which I think is a great week in overall anyway, obviously. Uh, but I think they're going to run into a snide with Houston. Um, and, and I think that at this game, I think you're going to win the game on Sunday Night Baseball. I think you're going to lose the first two, and Joe Kelly is going to be your savior.
0: Wow. Really
1: coming around on Porcello and Kelly here. I Okay, I've always been a fan of Joe Kelly's stuff. He's oh, never yeah. put it together. So, yeah, we all knew Joe Kelly had good stuff, but I think with a, the right game manager behind the plate, wink, wink, I love you, Christian Vasquez, and the fact that he's settled down a little bit and, he, and is on a swing and Houston's not playing well, um, obviously this could going to complete 180 and Kelly could be terrible on national TV, but um, I, I think that's going to be the game you win. It's not an NFA baseball.
0: Well, I got us winning two out of three because I, well, first of all, the Astros are 5 and 8 so far. They've given up 64 runs. Which is they fun. have.
1: You're right. It's a lot.
0: That's, you know, bottom five of the league. So I they're not playing well so far, even though everyone expected them to. Maybe they'll turn it around. But I think after a good start to the week, you head on the road, you know, you've been at home for a while, so you're feeling good about yourself. They're playing poorly. So I think two out of three is, is reasonable. Six in one week, which would be awesome. For six in yeah. one this week, then we'll be sitting pretty at uh twelve and six. Oh, that'd be great.
1: Yeah, honestly, even honestly, either if either one of us are right, I'd be happy. Like, because honestly, if they go in there four and zero, you're not going to get swept by Houston. So, like, if you can get the first four this this week, um, which I could see them doing. if you caught it right, Jess, you could even go seven zero. I'm not going to sit here and say that, but like this could be a really good week to kind of boost the Red Sox record early here in April um, to kind of keep you up afloat above 500, which would be huge. So this could be a big week considering you're not playing. You got three games against the Rays and against the struggling Houston Astros. So oh yeah,
0: it's, we could. It's, oh yeah, it's huge because because if you're if you're 12 and six or you know 11 and seven, then you know. But everyone starts looking at towards the end of the April, beginning of May, looking at the record if you record something yep. like that, then Farrell's probably going to be safe.
1: Exactly. And for me, these are, these are the weeks that playoff teams take control of. Um, I know it's April, but you have a team against Tampa, three against Tampa like we talked about who are a joke, and then three against the Houston team who has the talent, but they're struggling right now. This is a week that playoff teams take advantage of, and they win games. They might not win all of them, but this is a week that 5-2 and two or 6-1 and one should happen if you're, a play, if you're really considered a playoff team.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. It's... You don't want to just throw away these early games, and if we can, if we can put up a solid, even four and three, just over five hundred, possibly a lot over five hundred, that would all be good.
1: I actually think I'd be disappointed with five and three, four and three, to be completely honest, wow. just because of who you're playing. You know, yeah, like who you're playing. Um, obviously, it could be four and three if you lose to Toronto on Marathon Monday, but um, that's kind of the wild card game in this week. For us, but I, I think that five and two is kind of I think where I want them to be. Um, obviously, I know it's because I predicted that, but I think five and two with the, these opponents makes the most sense. But um, a lot of good baseball coming up this week. Obviously, enjoy Marathon Monday and the buzz around the city. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a lot more emotional now considering what happened three years ago. And, um, it's kind of a nice day for everyone to come together and remember and kind of keep running and kind of obviously all that stuff. And I think obviously we always send our best wishes out here from CLNS Radio and Red Sox beat to all those families that were affected three years ago. Um, I'll always remember where I was at that moment when that, when those bombs went off. I was sitting in class up at school. Um, and I'm Jess, I'm sure you're the same way.
0: <laughs> I was at CSN, just sure I'll be tomorrow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so, Obviously, we send our best wishes. I know Lauren does, too. Um, And, of course, enjoy tomorrow and kind of the buzz around the city that it always kind of happens because Marathon Monday is a great day um, around the city. So enjoy that. Um, Obviously, this show was brought to you by uh, Grandstand, the new sports app, sports highlights straight to you from the crowd. Share your own sports highlights and watch videos straight from the crowd, all from the fans' perspective. Download Grandstand on the App Store or at Grandstand.me. Obviously, you want to use that Fenway tomorrow when the Red Sox beat the Blue Jays. (laughs) <laughs> um, and get that first win of the week for them after and to go take three out of four from the Blue Jays. That'd be a nice way to start the week off here at Red Sox Nation. But until next week, obviously, for Lauren not being here, uh, Jess Thomas and myself, um, I w- we will bid you a fair due. And just remember, you are listening to Red Sox Beat here on CLNS Radio.